Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rebreak Radio. This is episode 34. My name is Dennis, and today I'm joined by Carl. Hello. And Leo. Not the same Leo. <laughs> this is not the same Leo as last time, so it might be a little bit confusing. So this is Leo R. The other one is Leo A. He, he's the other so, half. They haven't fused yet. Yeah, they haven't fused yet, so... Uh, I am R, as in the right Leo. Sure. Sure. So tell everyone a little bit about you. What's your favorite game and what do you do? Uh, so I'm studying game develop- devel- development. Um, in the same course that we in the are. Sa- yeah, in the same course as you're going. Uh, my favorite game is Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, it's an old-time fav- favorite. Um, and yet that's about it. I work at uh, at the store when I got the time and I'm just a shield dude. You play games too. I play ga- I play games and No, he does he just has a favorite game but he doesn't play them. He hates yeah. games actually. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's here making games. He actually really hates them. Um but yeah, cool. So what have you been doing uh, recently? So recently I've been uh, working on a project that we all have. Uh, my project is a top-down action adventure uh, set in a uh, like a, in a like the world it has been corrupted by crystals, and the main character needs to control this power in order to prevent the corruption. Cool, cool. Um, so yeah, uh, recently we've all been playing a bunch of games. Last week we were supposed to be uh, talking about uh, New Super Lucky's Tale and the Stretchers, but we're gonna do that this week. Uh, but first of all, we're going to talk about um, the the one game that the entire internet is flaming about, and that is Pokemon Sword and Shield. To be fair, a lot of the internet is now lo- no longer flaming about it, because they <laughs> realize the game is pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So, Carl has been playing most of it. I've been playing a little bit of it. Uh, Leo hasn't played any of it, but he has played Pokemon games in the past. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about it. How do we how do we feel about about this game? Well, I completed it. No, and yeah, no, no spoilers. No, I'm not gonna spoil anything. Yeah. I can just talk about my experience without going into specifics. Yeah. But I completed the game. I finished like the main story. I beat the champion. I saw the ending credits. That's my thing for beating a Pokemon game. And I really enjoyed the journey. I also took it at my pace, so to say, and. The game has a lot of charm that other Pokemon games doesn't have. Like, the Pokemons have a personality when you combine how they act when they're in the wild, when you see them walking around the roots or in the wild area, when you're in the Pokemon camp, they're like ha- they're friendly with each other or they have they're mean to each other. <laughs> I've seen a Pokemon kick <laughs> a target pick once. Oh no! <laughs> that was really weird, <laughs> and I Jesus. felt bad. <laughs> but yeah. That, that, that's a gift people have all, probably already seen, and it's also a spoiler for those who you who aren't don't want to see all the Pokemon from begin the beginning, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they have a lot of charm this time, and the whole story in general is pretty simple. But they also have they've taken a lot of influence from the anime because now the story is all about being the best in the Galar, Galar region, mm. and that's beating the champion who's in this 
story is the unbeatable champion, basically. He has been champion for however many years he's been champion for, basically. So the whole story is just uh, get to him and beat him. And I personally enjoy a simpler story for Pokemon. Yeah, I I think I think I'm going to enjoy that too. Um, while it can be fun to have some more like complex stories, it's also like, why is this ten year old solving like uh, like beating like a massive criminal mastermind? I mean, <laughs> to be fair, this time we don't know if you're ten year old or older. Because the character looks yeah. like older than ten year old, yeah, but they never it, tell you how yeah, old you yeah. are. Like t- ten is like the assumed age because of the anime, but like if you actually look at the canonical age of the avatar character in a lot of the Pokemon games, it's more like it ranges from like twelve to seventeen. I know that you're like fifteen, sixteen in Generation Five. Yeah, like it's that's like a more mature Pokemon game. Yeah, but I think you're probably a bit closer to fourteen in this game. I know that you're canonically you're ten in Sun and Moon because they tell you, or eleven maybe I don't know. They said eleven or ten you take the yeah. island journey, yeah. but this time it's just hey you take the Yum challenge when you get endorsed by someone. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, that that's the that's the thing that kind of differentiates the gym challenge in Galar in the Galar region uh, version versus other regions. In this one, you actually have to be endorsed to to go to do the challenge. So it's not like in the other games where it's like. Hey kids, let's do, let's do the gym challenge. And it's like, why are you? Why do you have a gym if you get like beaten by a ten year old on their first try? You know, but this time it has more of this feel that it's this like prestigious challenge. Yeah, and there's also a lot of good reason for when you uh, pointed out the whole why do you have a gym when you get beaten by ten year olds. But if you're endorsed, but in this case you're endorsed by the champion, he does that in the beginning of the game. Yeah. And they talk a lot about, oh, you're endorsed about, from the champion, you must be a good Pokemon trainer, because the champion is the, the like best trainer in the region. Mm. So in the story, it's like, oh, so you're endorsed by the best trainer in the region, you must be a pretty good trainer. So that's probably why they can go the root, whole route of, yeah, you can beat the gym, uh, the gym leader in like one battle, yeah. because you're, you're supposed to be really good at Pokemon battling, because you got endorsed by him. Yeah. So, so so let's talk about the wild area. So uh, that is that's probably my favorite thing about the game so far. I haven't reached the the first gym yet, but I have reached the wild area. And entering the wild area, uh, it it took like a few seconds until I remembered that from like the direct that you get camera control in the <laughs> wild area. So then I was like, oh right, I get camera control here. And I started to like look around, and immediately I was like can I invert the y-axis? And I went into the menu and I invert the y-axis and then I went back into the game and then I immediately thought like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have this discussion with you. <laughs> well, I, I'm like, I've seen videos, I've seen, I heard about people complaining and endorsing the wild area. Mm. And the, my opinion in, in it is, it, is that uh, it's, a, it's an improvement for the game because in the older Pokemon games, I didn't like that uh, it was a random encounter by the yeah. grass. And by having like Pokemons uh, flying or walking around in the wild area, actually seeing them is like a big improvement for the game. That's in the entire yeah. game, though, not yeah. only the wild area. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah. And it's just, 
it just gets this like more real feeling for the game. Yeah. Like when you see an onyx like moving around in the world, it's like holy shit, man. Like that's an actual onyx like really big <laughs> moving around in the world and like you see in the grass and there are like uh like tiny Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, like tyrants. Like break your knees hopping. <laughs> And also, like I played, uh, I played Let's Go Pikachu. I played Let's Go Eevee. Yeah, did you play Let's uh, Go? Yeah, I had uh, Let's Go Pikachu. Yeah, so I really liked that they added the the Pokemon in the in the overworld thing there, and I championed so hard for that to be kept into into Sword and Shield. Uh, but the one thing I wanted to cha- wanted them to change was that in Let's Go they were like very docile. They were just like walking around and they didn't care they if you were. Really idle, yeah. yeah, they didn't care if you were close to them. Um, and in this game, they do care. Like they will either run away or hunt you down. They, they can also <laughs> some Pokemon that are more like Stuffer, for example. They can get the little the little question mark over the head, and they just slowly walk up to you and then look at you. Yeah. And then you stand around you and then you can have like a conglomeration of stuff <laughs> just surrounding you. She can't get out of there. But they're so cute and they won't attack you. So that that's the whole also personality thing because they give each Pokemon either one, two, or three and one being, oh, they're gonna flee. The smaller Pokemon usually do that. Like early game bug Pokemon. Yeah. And then the more cuter, not aggressive Pokemon, they usually walk up to you and just look at you. And then you have the aggressive Pokemon, which will hunt you down, yeah. and they it, they will kill you, like, because they're usually the big uh, root walking Pokemon that are way too high leveled for you. Yeah. So and because the usually in Pokemon games the camera has the top down perspective, and in this in the wild area you get more of a like third person behind the cam behind the character perspective, which gives you a way better sense of scale for for all the Pokemon. So when a fucking Wespy Queen <laughs> is standing there and looking at you and starts to hunt you down, which Wespy Queen, if you haven't seen it, it's a large, really large bee queen. It's a scary that, Pokemon. That looks like angry all the time. And like she starts to hunt you down. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> it's like running in the other direction. Yeah. And uh, that, that's the whole... I remember at the beginning... Before the game was released, there was a meme when they had when they showed a pe- that Pokemon might hunt you down. When the worst things were Shoke, and I just remember the meme of in the wild area that my Shoke will hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> and just have a Shoke going like this. And now I, I'm doing like the whole uh, arms out, I'm really macho pose. Yeah. Because that's how they walk in this game. Yeah, I mean, like. Uh... All, all of this just makes the game feel a bit more... It's, it feels more alive when you have, like, this kind of system. Yeah. I think it's, like um, like I said, I hope uh, that it's a big improvement and I hope that they will, like, keep this feature for future games and maybe probably even improve it even more Yeah. in some ways. I mean, that it's the best, in my opinion. I wish the wild area was way more... I like having linear routes. Don't get me wrong. But I wish that a while there was more. It's really large, by the way, because yeah. you you haven't you have seen like a third of it, <laughs> and there's like two more thirds, and they're crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I wish the wild area was more. Like some routes could have been part of the wild area. Yeah, and I think so too. Because 
when you get to the wild area, you usually don't just go there to get to the next route. You can do that. You're boring if you do that, sorry. <laughs> but uh, most players will probably go out there and be like, oh, I'm in the wild area now. I'm going to spend a lot of time here like training my Pokemon, catching new Pokemon, yeah. because they differentiate what Pokemon will spawn depending on their weather, and the weather randomly changes depending on which day it is, stuff yeah. like that. And then you have the raid battles in there. <laughs> Yeah, those I are I haven't tried any. You should do that. <laughs> the AI are the AI is terrible, but in the beginning they work well enough. Yeah, when I when I level up more, we can we can do. Uh, when you when you're not scared of spoilers. Yeah. Um, so um, let's let's address some of the the controversies with the game. Um, which should we start with? <laughs> because oh boy, let's just uh, so bring out the Bible here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bam. Uh, yeah. Should we? Because so because we found the whole thing with. Uh, they pointed out that they reused models. Yeah. However, <laughs> we managed to find I or you or Leo the not this Leo but the other Leo. Yeah, there Man, are some there are some models that are remade. Yeah, because we looked at the polygon count and the whole uh, nice. <laughs> the we looked at the polygon count, we looked at the topology and all that, and we saw that they were more detailed, they had better like flow in them. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the problem of them u- reusing some of yeah, them. The, the problem the was problem that they that... said they would they had to remake them, and then a lot of them weren't remade. Oh, okay. That's the problem. Not that they reused them, but they said they wouldn't reuse them, and then they reused them. I think it's... Like, why they did that was probably because of the time pressure they had to to finish the game, and they realized realized that that they didn't have enough time to actually finish every model. It's like a million and a half reason for it. The, The big issue is that people felt like Game Freak lied to them, and... To be fair, if they do say we have to remake the models and then just import the old models, they have straight up lied. Yeah. Yeah, because that can't true. really be defended. However, they haven't just straight up re. Uh, mo- uh, they haven't straight up gotten every single old model in there. They haven't made new models for some of the older Pokemon yeah. in there. So it, it wasn't a complete lie. And you have to check through every single Pokemon and every single, like, the wireframe of them and. I don't think anyone really wants to go through 400 plus Pokemon to yeah. see which ones are old and which ones are new. Yeah, so this is not necessarily a, a widespread controversy of the game, where it was one of my it's one of my like big gripes with it, and it, that is that cutscenes are not voice acted, and it is extremely distracting. So the the entire game starts with this cutscene of uh, the Sherman Rose, yeah. right? Yeah. In, in like, a stadium. And he kind of acts as that that normal, like, Professor Oak conversation in the, in the beginning of, like, every Pokemon game. This is a Pokemon. Yeah. And this is what we do in this and region. it's, like, a weird-ass balloon elephant. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that one. I don't remember yeah. the name of him. Um, so, uh, and, and the thing is, like, He's like he like adjusts his like uh, tie or something and then gets ready to talk and then he talks and nothing comes out <laughs> and it's just text on the screen and it's like perfectly voice acted like you can see all you can see on his lips how he's like actually pronouncing these words and there's just no sound it is so disorienting 
like I wasn't reading what it was saying. I was just focusing on the fact that he's not talking. And I feel like the amount of cutscenes, like this kind of cutscene, are so few and far between in this game that why aren't they voice acted? They made some weird decision with the cutscenes. Uh, I'm not going to spoil any cutscenes, but towards the end of the game, there's a lot of scenes that happen that sometimes they just have... They have had in early games where they have like a still picture that's where that's a different artistic representation of what's happening. So it's like a 2D image yeah. that's like drawn up. And some of those could have or should probably have been a pre-rendered pre-rendered cutscene. Because they have like they have pre-rendered cutscenes for sometimes when they go with the train. I haven't gone with the train except for the times I needed to. <laughs> because you get fly really early, which I appreciate a lot. Uh but yeah, they had those are. I, actually, there is only a few that are pre-rendered. To be fair, but there are some that should be pre-rendered when they aren't. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> and this this just just kind of this indication of generally how Nintendo franchises work, where they have a really hard time growing up. Yeah. Like it, it took Zelda like multiple generations before they got voice acting. Oh boy. It, yeah, it like took. they could have added voice acting in something like uh Skyward Sword, Wind Waker even. Yeah. But it, that guess. game didn't really need it. it. It works without it. But Twilight Princess really could have had voice acting, especially because you can they did vo- like the lip syncing in that game too. And Skyward Sword would have gone up way higher if they had voice acting in that game because that yeah. game like that game um is it relying on such an emotional story to carry it through because oh the gameplay sure isn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. differentiate differentiate the opinions on that, but who would have guessed? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, continue. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate Skyward Sword as much as some people do, but I think it's fun to rag on the game. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that game could have really used voice acting and it took until Breath of the Wild until they added it. Yeah. I can kinda defend Zelda uh, though. But mostly because I think they're scared of doing voice acting because then they felt like maybe we have to voice act Link. And Link has always been the self-insert character, though. It's always been a representation of you in this story. And everyone has a different voice for Link. Or you're like me and you have accepted that Link is not a person that talks. Yeah. And, for example, if you play Ocarina of Time, I just imagine it's Navi that talks to people. But yeah, a lot of people have different thoughts about what people should sound like. Because I remember when Breath of the Wild showed their voice acting, and people were like, this is not what I imagine, imagined Zelda sounding like, Yeah. for example. I mean, the, like, the voice acting in Zelda, it's okay. It's not the best voice acting, but it's yeah. still, like, it, it's, it's acceptable. Yeah, it was there. Like, yeah. it, it was there when you expected it to be. Yeah. Although I played on the Wii U for the first time, and some cutscenes randomly weren't voice acted. Wait, you played Breath of the Wild on the Wii U? I didn't have the Switch at the time. I didn't have the money for the Switch. What the hell? I just really wanted to play the game. Okay, yeah, but... I did enjoy it, but whatever. What I was going to get to is that Breath of the Wild showed an example of where you have uh, a character that doesn't talk, but you have other characters that do talk. So I feel like... Sword and Shield, a game that comes out like a year and a half later, like two years and a half later, actually, right? Uh, from Sun and Moon, or? from from Breath of the Wild. 
Yeah. yeah that's two and a half. Yeah, two and a half, I think. But the one was 2017. Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, So uh, two years and a half, yeah. I mean, uh, so I feel like that game improved it, and they could have added it into this game. Yeah, they probably should have, but it's like we have discussed it here, what might be the problems with Game Freak, because they obviously have some issues when it comes to their game design. And it's not that the game designers or game developers are bad. They aren't, because they make good games. Yeah. The problem is probably the managerial, uh, the managerial stuff at the Game Freak, because they're probably horribly understaffed to begin with. Yeah. And then they have to make... Because <laughs> Sword and Shield is literally the most... The most sold has the most sold copies at this time compared to when it launched of any Switch game yeah. at all. It recently went past six million copies, and it has been out for on not even a week. Yeah, and I think the highest selling game right now is Mario Odyssey, and that is at like I think it's like above ten million, fifteen million, somewhere head. in that range. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of copies. Yeah. I, okay, I think it's actually fourteen point nine million. I think. Yeah. To have like the when you look at the numbers and you see like the big how much it sells, it's it really tells you like how much people care about the franchise in like at all because when I look at the internet I see like a lot of haters like saying oh uh, the game is bad I sh- I will boycott it I won't buy buy it I won't play yeah. it and they say that they are like the biggest Pokemon fans and I'm like and then I see these sales numbers and I'm like that's great people like the game and then i see people complaining about uh, like oh you shouldn't buy the game like you're idiots for buying it i'm, yeah. I'm just getting annoyed by the like that's just a the, the is, reason, yeah this though. is this is how uh, video game outrage culture works yeah you complain about the game for the entire hype cycle of it and then you buy it anyway that is like if, if you look like the the best uh, like representation of this is like in video game donkey's video about the video game community. He says that the video game community loves to hate on Activision, EA, and Ubisoft, and yet Activision, EA, and Ubisoft have to have the best selling games every year. Yeah. So it's just people like to outrage about these games, but they don't actually follow their own advice. They just go and buy the games anyway, because guess why? They are excited about it. That's why they're raving about it. If they didn't care, they wouldn't talk about it. Uh, I mean, I don't think we should just write off as everyone who's complaining complaining about it are going to buy it, because I trust that there are a lot of people that are really, over really disappointed when they learned that it weren't going to be a national mix. And that felt like, yeah, I'm not going to buy this game because I play it to collect ev- literally every single Pokemon. Yeah. I We already argued that there's a good reason for removing a national mix, and it would happen eventually, so it's just a bandage they ripped off immediately. However, I can understand if that's a deal-breaker for someone. Yeah. I, what I can't understand is people shitting on other people for wanting to buy this game, and I had to stop going online because I felt bad myself because I really wanted the game. And I got really tired of reading how I'm apparently a shitty person because I want a video game. Yeah. Like, it could be the worst game to exist ever. 
But we don't know that until we play it, and I don't know that until I play it, and I'm gonna be excited for it if I'm excited for it. And I don't want to feel shit because I want to play a video game. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like, why complain about the game if you, don't, you haven't even touched it? Touched it? Oh, let's not get into that. Topic. We're not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, it. Not because talking of about can of worms. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that. I, I'm not judging a game by its cover. I always want, if, if I'm gonna complain about it, I'd rather just play it first and feel for myself if I like it or not. Yeah. That, that's a personal thing though. Yeah. Because yeah. people can see a game and think, no, this looks shit, I'm not gonna buy it. Yeah. So I have done that. By the way, if you can hear some sounds in the background, it's because they're like drilling in this building. So sorry about that. But it doesn't sound like it's too intrusive. Um, but yeah, one thing that we were pitching about what, what they could do with Pokemon to satisfy both uh, both markets is to um, like Game Freak could allow themselves to cut down the number of Pokemon in the single player games uh, where just by production, like they can't create all these walking and running animations for every Pokemon in the game. It's just not feasible. But by cutting down the number of Pokemon, it's they can do that, and that's why the, why they did it. Um, so what they could do instead is to create uh, like a Pokemon tournament edition, or maybe Pokemon Stadium Three, <laughs> and have this game be more uh, um, focused on uh, comp- on the competition, where all Pokemon are available, and it's simply just focused on the fighting. So that way, this game would be used in in professional tournaments and everything, while the single player games can be released on a bi yearly basis or whatever, where it's more focused on the story and the interaction with Pokemon rather than than, than combat. It would obviously still have combat, uh, but this tournament edition or whatever would be focused on that. And if and, and please, Game Freak, if you made and make a new Pokemon Stadium, include the mini games too, because everyone loved them. So now the question becomes if assuming our our thoughts and words are right about Game Freak and the whole A the the A team Pokemon team is horribly understaffed, do you really want to split them even more <laughs> to make two games? Because already making one game, a big game, because Pokemon is a big game Every year is a horrible amount of work. So I feel, but this tournament edition game would be more of like a service. You would create it and then you would just patch it with new Pokemon. Yeah, it's like when you play League of Legends, they add like just new new champions and yeah, and and they wouldn't even be like adding working on new champions all the time, like new yeah. Pokemon all the time. Like it would just be whenever the next single player game is done, just throw all the new Pokemon in the game and it probably wouldn't be that much work. They they would be working on the same engine and everything, so it's just transfer all the files and you're done. Uh, probably a little bit more than that, but... Uh, yeah, that's pretty, a lot more than that too. Yeah. Weeks, but but yeah, uh, and, and yeah. like, I think there's a lot of... There's definitely space for that game in the market like because it would be a game that focuses a lot more on the competitive scene while also be a game that focuses a lot more on the casual scene with because one of my favorite things about Pokemon Stadium back in the day is that is the rental system, how you could just sit down with a friend, pick six Pokemon each, and then just battle, and they each had like pre-selected moves and everything. You didn't worry about that, and you just played. And also the mini games were a lot of fun. They were like this, 
Mario Party kind of thing, but you just played the mini games all the time. Like it was great, and just yeah. bring that back, and also focus on uh, on the competitive, like online things too. I think the problem with the competitive side is that a lot that goes into competitive, the competitive scene is breeding Pokemon with perfect IVs and then EV training them to the max, basically. And you can't really do that in a stadium-type game where you have pre-fixed Pokemon, basically. Yeah. And uh, having you, moves and doing... They could like, do some kind of transfer thing that you could transfer them from from the single-player game. And maybe... Uh, I mean, there's definitely some work to be done here. Like, how would you train the Pokemon that are not in the single-player game? But maybe there is, like, a... There's a lot of kings to work out. Yeah, However, you could, you you could just make a, comp- a completely... Like Pokemon Showdown, but officially. Because that you just make your Pokemon, more or less, and put in, these are my EVs, these are my IVs, these are the level, these are the moves, this is the item it's going to hold. You could just do that. But yeah. yeah that but this is a also. hypothetical thing, so... Yeah. But I think that that could really satisfy both sides of, of the market. And, like, this tournament game wouldn't require as much resources as a full single-player Pokemon game because most of the work, in, which is in the Pokemon, is already done. Yes. Well, they have the core concept. They just have to tweak it, more yeah. or less. Well, they have to build the game first, but then after doing like the game and the whole, uh, the whole core loop of it, they already have how the game is going to work mm. <laughs> or the core game of it is going to work. Yeah. So, but yeah. But yeah, in in conclusion, Pokemon Sword is a good game, and yeah, Shield. It's, yeah, it's a it's a, Shield is also you know Shield is alright, but Sword is Sword is the good one. No one <laughs> that we know have bought Shield. I mean, <laughs> everyone is has bought Sword at least here. Yes. Well, I think if if I'm gonna buy the game someday, I think I'm gonna use Shield, and it's because. Uh, Mostly because of uh, the legendary in Shield. I think it fits better. How dare you like a Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just full stop there. <laughs> yeah, how dare you like a Pokemon? But, but yeah, I, it's like, I, I, it's just my opinion. It's like, I... I uh, it, it, I, I was not okay with a, with a, like shield being the main first, but it like grow on me the more I lo- looked at it, and then yeah. I found I do, out. I do like that design too. The reason why I picked shield uh, sword, I mean, <laughs> was uh, was because of the the exclusive gym leader. I thought she looks cooler than the than that ghost. I like the ghost leader. boy. I have I don't know about him because I had sword, but I is like the a, ghost. Is it a boy? I thought it was a girl. I thought it was a boy. <laughs> Anyway, the, the ghost kid. <laughs> the ghost. However, the, the fighting gym leader is. I mean, her design is cool, I suppose. Yeah. She has this weird leather bodysuit. <laughs> but. Meh. Okay, so let's get into the next game, which is. New Super Lucky's Tale. New Super Lucky's Tale. Uh, so, this is a game that went completely under the radar because it was released the same day as Death Stranding. So. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> this is Titanfall 2 all over again. Yeah, but this is basically, if you love 3D platformers, especially rare platformers, you should definitely play this game. This game has an insane level of personality and it's just a fun platformer. It's really cute. I have yeah. played uh, one level of it so I can talk like not a lot about it, but I can 
from my experience when I played the one level, <laughs> I felt like it had a charm to it. It had this, they had these quirky characters in this level. They had um, worms. Yeah, they had like this- hillbilly redneck worms <laughs> 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 that talked really like rednecky, but they were also like a charm to it. Yeah, they were, they were really that. adorable and thought like, Yep. And they had weird mustaches and they yeah. sweeped the floor and the floor in this case being grass. <laughs> so for some reason they were sweeping grass. And but yeah, the level I played was was it the first level? No, it's it's uh, in the second world. Okay, sort of in somewhere in the second world. Yeah. It was sw- it was short and sweet. Yeah. It was like it's one of those. It's quanti- uh, quality over quantity. Yes. A level doesn't have to be really long and really big and really like expand expansions, but as long as it's a good few minutes are in the level, yeah, I I take that every day over an open world esque game that's not super good. Yeah. So the game has a really good flow to it. The reason why I knew I was going to buy this game is because I was watching. Uh, Nintendo Treehouse at E3 uh, this year, and it like I've I've been like hearing about Lucky's Tale, which was like a platformer for Oculus uh, Oculus Rift when it came out, and uh, then I saw Super Lucky's Tale come out on Xbox One, and then so then when I saw that there was this like new Super Lucky's Tale like coming to Nintendo Switch and they were on Nintendo stage to talk about it and I at that time I just didn't have anything to, to to watch or listen to so I was like okay I'll just wait for this one and I was listening to them and the creative director I don't remember his name but like he was there talking about it and just the way he talked about the game made me like wow they actually understand how 3D platformers work because the 3D platformers are actually kind of hard to nail Yes, yeah, we're making one <laughs> we right know. now. <laughs> so, a lot about making for the platform as well. Yeah, and it, there are like few outside of Nintendo that have been able to do it. Rare did it once. <laughs> no, twice. You, you just have a weird taste because I Bandit 2 is a good game. Bandit 2 is better, but it's not get it. Anyway. Let's not get into that. But, but yeah, like there are few people outside of Nintendo that have been able to nail this genre, and Nintendo's been failing as well. I don't think Mario Sunshine is such a great game, for instance, but... <laughs> I mean, Super Mario Sunshine is the only game, and let me quote it, the only game that make me broke a controller. <laughs> it is not a great game. You're, you're weird. But, anyway. but yeah, like it is a very hard genre to, to nail because there are a lot of complexities to it that don't exist in the 2D platforming genres, and, and most people think making a 3D platformer is just taking a 2D platformer and making it 3D, which is definitely not how it works. And when I was listening to how this the creative director for New Super Lucky's Tale was talking about the flow and the feel of the character and all this stuff, and he felt he sounded really, really passionate about it. And I was like, damn, he understands it. Like, I have to play this game. Um, and they were also just extremely grateful for being on Nintendo stage because they're clearly very inspired by Nintendo so like it was a huge honor to them to be able to sit here and talk to the directly to Nintendo and the Nintendo fan base 
about this game that they've created with such a with just like love and care and yeah playing it i i really really enjoy the game it definitely has issues but none of them are really tied to the core gameplay it's just that some of the levels are kind of boring there are some there's some there's <laughs> That's unfortunate. A, yeah there are some some levels that are just straight up mazes and there are some auto run levels those mm. levels are just like the maze levels because you have this like top down perspective and it's just really hard to see where you are in the level um so they they're they're really boring but they're not they're not a lot of them so i um, so then, I, yeah yeah but so i heard that this game was uh, at first in in xbox one as you said yeah, first it was an Oculus game and then uh, Xbox One. Yeah, exactly. And I think it feels so weird that a pla- like a 3D platformer game, like it's good for Microsoft that they like trying out that kind of genre, genre too, but it doesn't fit for their console. It 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 was it, it would have been a more natural selection to just go directly to Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. That's why. I would I would imagine this is how how the like selection process for for Lucky's Tale works. Back when they were made it for Oculus, it was like, hey, what if we made a three D platformer in VR? And that kind of has this quirk to it, which kind of differentiates the game. But then, and, and it was definitely a, a cool idea. I haven't played it myself, but people liked it back in the day. Um, and then they were like, okay, let's just make a more traditional game. And I guess they had a deal with Microsoft or something. Probably. Probably. Yeah, because I don't really see how why you would make a game like that on... Maybe they decided to make a deal with Microsoft because they didn't want to directly compete with Nintendo, maybe. I don't know. Whatever the, the choice was, it just does not work on a Microsoft console uh, because most not kids don't have Xbox Xboxes, you know? Nah, especially now. I... Feel terrible for saying this, but the Xbox One hasn't done good at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's basically no one owns it. If you own a PC, you own an Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, it's like right now that they when they had uh, released the Game Pass, that you can actually play games from the PC with Game Pass. For now, yeah. it's like it, the Xbox One feels kind of worthless for me but yeah. uh, if you have game pass the xbox one is kind of amazing because you get all of these like big variation of games yeah for like what the, what is it like to 20 euros yeah, yeah, or something yeah it's very it's very very cheap <laughs> they sell um, it for what is it one euro <laughs> yeah, yeah there's you, there's you, like a sale for like yeah. one euro for free month right now yeah um but yeah so it, they released it on there, and the game was, uh, the game was okay on the Xbox. I haven't played it, but I looked at gameplay, and the weird thing about that version of the game is that um, it was they were clearly this was before Mario Odyssey, so they were clearly uh, following 3D World a lot with how they designed the game. They had, but they didn't go the entire step of making a completely auto-controlled camera. Instead, they had this camera that follows Lucky, but it moves in like forty-five degree. Oh God! Oh movements. That's pan so control. So if you use the, if you use the, no, no, it was more like if you if you move the 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 camera stick to to the right, the camera would just move forty-five degrees to the right. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and it had this, like, really low view as well. So precision 3D platforming was very hard. That, that's not okay. That's some Nintendo 64 shit. <laughs> that's Mario 64. <laughs> but Mario 64 was way better because I that hate, one at least, yeah. like, followed after you. This one was just static in that direction. So it didn't really work. I don't like the game. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So that didn't really work. So when they went ahead and make, made new Super Lucky's Tale, um, they and this was in a world that had already seen Mario Odyssey, which that's when they realized because Mario the Mario series hadn't hasn't had an uh, a manually controlled camera since Sunshine, Galaxy had an auto camera, and the 3D and 3D Land and 3D World had a completely auto controlled camera on a, on a rail. So I, I would imagine that uh, the developers thought that maybe this kind of audience isn't ready for this kind of con- uh, camera control. Uh, but then Odyssey proved that that wasn't the case. If you just have um, a good enough correction um, system on the camera, it will still work. So then they went for a completely free camera in, in New Super Lucky's Tale. And now I feel like the game has finally found its, 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 its audience, I think. And I really hope that Switch players go ahead and buy this game because I it's want, really... I want to buy the game. I, it, there's really way too many games right now. Like yeah. I have uh, a game we're going to talk about later. I'm not going to mention the name because you're going to hate me probably. Uh, Bloodstained. I still haven't played that and that's my... I looked forward to it for years. Yeah. <laughs> and news of the lucky stay now. There's yeah. so many games and we're almost out of time for this year. Yeah, and, and the problem with this time when they released News of the Lucky's Tale is that they released it in the fall. <laughs> Why did they do that? And on the same day as Death Stranding, like that game it like even though these games are in completely different genres for completely different audiences. Death Stranding is so huge that it grabs the attention of everything in the gaming industry. Yeah, it's like uh, when they released Tomb Raider for for Xbox exclusive. Uh, it was in, on the same day as Final as 4, and yeah. it was like... I yeah. didn't know it was released. <laughs> I only know, knew about Final 4. To be fair, for me it was because I have a friend who really 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 liked fallout and she was so hyped about that yeah so so it, like the fallout franchise like overwhelms uh the tomb raider because yeah. tomb raider is a big franchise but it's not as big as and and it's not, not fallout yeah it's not fallout yeah. and the, just to put some more salt on the wound it was an xbox exclusive at that yeah. time exactly yeah um so yeah but just please go and play Super Lucky's Tale. It's not that expensive, is it? Uh, I think it's $35, dollars 35 so it's 40. slightly over the average in the game. Yeah, but I, I personally really respect that. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, respect that because I really respect when developers dare to, um, like, charge enough for their game like they charge what they want to charge and they charge what they... what they want to charge and they charge what is feel feels right and uh, what works for them um, like and, and I really respect that the, and so yeah and I I felt like this game looks great I'm going to pay for it whatever it costs so yeah I'm definitely definitely gonna buy it sooner or later because I think like I haven't tried it 
but uh, what I've seen of the game is really interesting and uh, it's probably gonna be like the game I'm gonna play around in Christmas when I just wanna chill around and do nothing than yeah. just uh, be by myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the stretchers. Oh God, the stretchers! Oh boy! <laughs> so, uh, so we mentioned a bit last week about the stretchers being a game. Yeah. So me and Carl played it before the podcast last week for for a, a few missions, and then the before, before just for the podcast today, I uh, I let Leo play it for a little bit so we could talk about it. So. The Stretchers is a Swedish game published by Nintendo. Uh, it is developed by Tarsier Studios uh, in the south of Sweden. Um, and it is a co-op ambulance game. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so you play as like two... Uh, like when you... Sh- Shonky ambulance people. Yeah. I will call them that forever because they're shonky ambulance people. Yeah, and, and you, you can do a lot of weird shit like i didn't show you that but you can like sing you can you can like have your arms out you can clap yeah you can you clap can yeah, yeah yeah i discovered the clap on myself i was <laughs> trying off buttons and i was clapping I'm like don't clap i'm gonna grab people <laughs> i just remember that you cracked up when i crouched walked around and did the singing thing yeah. with my arms out and i looked so dumb you crouched out like Paw. and then the, with the arms out and everything and it looks so it's I, a ridiculous game yeah, yeah i mean like me, me and dennis we were we were trying to like crouch and get in into a, like an um, Oh, no. uh, like a like it was not a house, but it was like a, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's like a, it's a, like like a storage, yeah. and uh, and there was like a shovel laying around the floor, yeah. and I walked into it, and I, <laughs> my yeah. character got hit and like fall down on the floor, and we started to crack up. <laughs> it was like when we played and we had to saw down trees because you don't only do ambulance stuff, you do other weird <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, we were cutting like grass. <laughs> we didn't cut grass. Oh my god. <laughs> when we were sawing three trees on a racetrack that had car racing on, racing on yeah, it. Yeah, and, this and one those were out for blood. <laughs> yeah, this one red car was just... He was going to kill you. Like, you know, if a tree fell in his path... Like it, it was like it was like the tree fell in his path, and he he like drove tried to drive through it, and it was like for all the times that he couldn't move forward, it was like the intensity of moving forward, like increased every time. So yep. when he finally passed by, he was just <laughs> or when I when we had to grab the tree, I just grabbed the tree, and he came. He comes like like fucking insane bolt of cars. <laughs> Right through me, and I just fly. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you can't die in this game. But yeah, yeah I just remember us uh, grabbing one of the trunks, going out on the street, and being like, we're gonna stand here and have a trunk that we hold in the middle of the street <laughs> and see what happens. I don't remember what happened, but it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so, like, part of the game is that you walk around with a stretcher so like each you play two players and each player holds one side of this stretcher and then you have to walk around and pick people up who are be who are dizzy so you can bring them back to the hospital um so you pick everyone up and you put them into your into your ambulance and then you drive your ambulance back to the to the hospital yep. and then you pass them all through this machine that looks like a TSA thing. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> and then there's this one there is this one doctor and you're just standing like 
<laughs> like crouched down, he, he has like, like yeah, and he's, he's just like looking at the camera. I was like, "Yep." Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, he's like, he's has so so much swag. You, yeah. you can feel it tears for your isn't soul. It called, <laughs> isn't he called like Professor Doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah he's Professor Doctor. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> or we we assume he's Professor Doctor. Yeah, no one yeah. else has that level of swag to be called <laughs> Professor Doctor, so it has to be him. Yeah, and the, the whole game is basically a a uh, overcook esque humans fall flat kind of game. Yeah, think because about there's a lot of ragdoll physics, a yeah. lot of body comedy, and your two players doing quick thinking and puzzle solving together. Yeah. To like solve the missions. Yeah. So less. all of that plus crazy taxi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> th- th- that's my big critique though is the taxi part because one player drives. Yeah. And that's really fun. The other player can do literally nothing. Yeah. They nothing should have, they on the control do- control does anything. Yeah. They should have allowed the player to do something. Uh, Even just like change sitting positions, positions, clapping. Yeah. <laughs> singing something, but no. You can't pause, basically. Yeah, like, they could have been something like you can reach your hand out the window and, like, slap someone in the face or something. <laughs> Maybe just go on top of the truck and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just something that could have... Uh, Some interaction. For, for the second player. Yeah, because most... It's, we When we played, we took every other, like, mission or every other time we had to drive a car where you drove and then I drove and then you drove and then I drove... And every time you didn't drive, you just took up your phone and ignored the game until yeah. it's what you're it, until you can play again more or less. Yeah. One so. thing that was really fun about getting to drive is that, like, you were always rushing to be the first one in the driving seat. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to drive. No, I want to drive. I just remember when we got onto the roof. And we found this package and we had no idea what to do with it. And then we accidentally pulled it apart and I was like, oh, we destroyed it. Whoops. And then we got a hat. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really, it's, if you like, I know I'm really happy about this and I have fun playing this in the game, but like this type of humor isn't my type of humor, but if you really like humans fall flat type of humor, yeah. You will love this game. Yeah, it was definitely like you. You, it's a game that you have to play in like ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, spurts though. It gets really tired. It gets really old after like ten minutes. But like playing it again with you, it was like equally funny again to just jump into it. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's it's like the kind of game that when you got like friends coming over, you just sit, sit around and you're just goofing around with the game like. Yeah. For, for a short time and then you move on like watching a movie or something doing something else this is a f- game you could probably give to like family members who's never played the games and just watch them play because that's probably going to be the most amusing thing you <laughs> watch yeah yeah I, I, I wouldn't I'm probably gonna like let my dad and my sister play this at Christmas or something. I let my parents do that that would be amazing if, if you have two small children, give them the controllers and watch them cry out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, and it's it's also there. It's a charming game too. With the whole, it's a really the graphics are stylized, super cartoon and stylized. Yeah. The colors pop a lot, and something we really like about it because you mentioned it's a Swedish company making game. Both it's really hype that Nintendo is publishing a game made 
from a Swedish company because we're in Sweden. I don't think it has ever happened before. I don't think Nintendo's <laughs> ever published a game made by Sweden. Yeah, that's yeah. I think this is the first time. Yeah, but it's so really it's, cool that that cool. happened. And it's really charming because I remember we were driving around and then I saw a stop sign and say, wait a minute, <laughs> back up. <laughs> That's Look just, at that stop sign. Yeah, that's just straight up a Swedish sign. It was and like uh, Herr Gorman, which is Mr. Walk here. It's the crosswalk sign yeah. we have here. It just looks exactly like a crosswalk. And yeah. then we noticed the buildings and the train tracks, and we're like, we're like in a rural, rural town in Sweden. Yeah, and the bus <laughs> the stops. bus stations. The bus stops look exactly like Swedish bus stops. Like... That they have this like curved glass on the top, and it's just like it looks exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, 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 like it's a game by a Swedish dev- developers, so it's felt kind of natural that they just used like I think they went with like trying to make the game look as Swedish as possible, just yeah. just yeah. to just to like just just to stamp the the approval of we are Swedish. <laughs> I think yeah. actually I think. They might do, and I can't remember because I can't remember the sound attack. I think I remember the sound of the ambulance because I remember now that different countries had different sound for the ambulances. Huh. And it might just be because we know how an ambulance sound in Sweden <laughs> and we're used to like hearing that noise and be like, oh, that's an ambulance. Yeah. So when we heard it, we probably didn't really think about it. Oh my God. You know, one thing that the second player could have done? Yep. Toggle the siren. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She could just like s- stand on the road like next to someone's like <laughs> see people like <laughs> I tried to hit people. I'm gonna be honest. It didn't work. I remembered yeah. when I first drove and you were like, What are you doing? And I just went straight into a wall. <laughs> because someone stood there, I want to see what happened if I drove into a person. It did nothing. However, something I remember being amusing when we played was we drove through an intersection really weirdly once and then we came back after like half an hour and that intersection was so like (laughs) full that all the cars were stuck (laughs) because Dennis drove really weirdly one time (laughs) and there were like five cars coming from from the right, five from the left, uh, five from the like from the front. And then, like, two cars in the middle go sitting sideways, and nothing was happening. And we were like, did we just fuck up this uh, crossing? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely recommend this game. Uh, In bursts. Yeah, in bursts. Play it in bursts. And uh, play it with someone who, who, like, who can can appreciate some really stupid humor. And uh, try to do exactly the opposite thing you need to do. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah. a lot of the time we were playing and he went one way I went another way and we should probably go the same way but no fact that <laughs> we had to compete yeah that's like one of the biggest charm of the, this game is like a lot of the mechanics in this game requires the like teamwork from both players and it's just fun that we like we're trying to control both both players trying to control like the the, the I want to be the leader basically yeah so it's the become... lawnmower in like but like <laughs> oh, I want to go to the left but yeah. you want to go to the right yeah I, I was like, like I, I was this way yeah I was like trying to like figure out what, what, what which way do you want to go I'm like <laughs> we were trying to so we went like separate ways all the time <laughs> I just remember the bombs <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah there are bombs when I blew myself <laughs> up I have to pick and them up like the stretchers so, like put them somewhere 
I just exploded and then died from having a lot of rocks falling over me. You can't die in the game, but yeah, we're... Yeah, like uh, Dennis said, pick the game up, play it in bursts. It's a fun game, it's not super expensive either. Yeah. And uh, yeah, play it with someone who you know have the same type of humor as you, because you will do the same stupid shit. Yeah, definitely. It's a little bit like Jackbox in that way. Like you put on, you put in, you put a lot of it into it. Yeah. Jackbox is more fun with twenty-eight other people. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that again. Yeah. Um, so the last game we're gonna talk about is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Then it's so, game of the year. Spoiler. Yeah, it is my game <laughs> of the year. Spoilers. Um, so yeah, before we get into it, similar as we talked about with. Well, with all the three games before this, like we're not gonna spoil it, spoil any of the story and stuff. I have no idea about the story yeah. before the game. So I have played. I think I am at the final boss, but I'm not really sure if it's the final boss or not. Uh, how much have you played, Leo? Uh, I'm on the third planet right now, and uh, I've done like half of the extra uh, extra planet. I really need to play the game <laughs> <laughs> because I think. Uh, we've discussed this. The game is basically a Uncharted, Metroid, Prime, and Dark Souls put into one game with Star Wars all over it. Yeah. Because when I look at the game, I don't really care that much about Uncharted stuff. I think I like Metroid Prime. I like Metroid games. I love Metroid games. Metroid yeah. Prime is eh, in, like, because I haven't played a little bit. But I fucking love Dark Souls. Yeah. So much. And I'm not a big, as big of a fan of Star Wars as Dennis is, but I think Star Wars is cool like, in yet like the whole thought of being a Jedi Knight, going around with a lightsaber, you cut people down with a laser sword. <laughs> <laughs> and doing that Dark Souls style, I did to do that. And the whole idea of have, being able to build your own lightsabers. Yeah. That's super cool. And I watched like some end game gameplay against stormtroopers. <laughs> Where they had this really cool lightsaber, which I'm not gonna talk about because yeah. I don't know if you. If don't don't. Spoil I'm not gonna talk about it. But yeah, it was just a really cool lightsaber. And they did really cool moves, and I just want to play the game when yeah. I watch that. Yeah, so I haven't played any of the any of the Souls games. I've only watched uh, Game Grumps play them, because oh, I, I, don't, <laughs> I I I I don't really been into that kind of really punishing gameplay. But I think. What uh, Fallen Order does is that they take inspiration from that kind of gameplay and then bring it to a more, uh, not, not, not a casual audience, but they bring it down a notch and they make it yeah. a lot more accessible. Yeah, because uh, in Dark Souls, like if you die, you lose, you lose a lot, like all, all the EXP, that you, all the souls you gathered. And if you die again and haven't gathered them, they're, like, they're gone. But uh, in this game, it's more like, yeah, uh, you died from that enemy. If you hit that enemy, like meet it again and hit and hit it, you get all everything back. Yeah. So the enemy steals your souls, quote unquote. Do, does the enemy become stronger, or is it just? No, uh, it's just it's just. It, 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 what what's uh, what it, what actually happens is that when you strike that enemy again, uh, your entire health bar, force bar, and your XP, uh, and you get. The life bar and health and the force bar goes back to to full, and you get all your XP back. So in a way, it it, it becomes this uh, this boost for you. So you clearly had 
had a problem here last time. So you you go you, you go into it. Maybe you take a little bit of damage before you're able to put a strike in. But then you get all you get all this health back. And you get this boost. So now you know you don't only, only get more health, but you also get this confidence boost. So now you get this it's, more like. It, yeah, you get a uh, get a better chance of beating us this time. Yeah, and and it feels like like it's, without it's, making the enemy weaker in any way. Yeah, and it feels like like some kind of checkpoint because uh, if you if you <coughs> move ahead in the game and you get stuck in like one you get die by one enemy and you, the meditation points that are like the bonfires in this game is far away. It feels more like um, you like, and you have like this struggle to get to the same point. But when you struggled, you have like your low health and everything, and you see that enemy that killed you last time, and you hit it, and everything's like you get recovered in- instantly, and it yeah. feels like, oh, nice! Now I can just like continue travel instead of like trying to focus on trying to find the next meditation point. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is the game has taken inspiration, more yeah. or less, because. Uh, the whole thing about Dark Souls, and we all know that, but I can just go through it quickly, is that when you die, the enemy, if the enemy, at least in Dark Souls 3 and in Bloodborne and do that, they take your souls, and sometimes they can get stronger, I want to remember. But the whole point of that is that... The whole point of the game is that you have to challenge yourself, and if you fail... You should, you're supposed to feel that, yeah, you're failed. You're yeah. fucked up. You have to deserve to t- get your souls back, basically. Yeah, here they more twist it into, like, if you're able to get back here uh, and get a hit on this enemy, will give you a boost, a little bit of help uh, to beat him. So it's more encouraging okay. that way. But it's still not making it easy. Like, no. if, if it's, like... If it's uh, if this enemy was very close to a medita- meditation points, for instance, and you hit him without losing any health, you're not in any bit of situation that you were in before. No. So it's very relevant to like, uh, in a way, it's like if if this if this enemy is really far away from a med- meditation point, you're placed in a way better situation than if you're really close to a meditation point. So it's this kind of very smartly scalable system in a way. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, they've also merged these Dark Souls mechanics, which is like they they have this, uh, you know, the, the kind of combat system that they have in in Dark Souls, but also the way that they design the world of like having shortcuts to opening up shortcuts to places and stuff, and they merged that really well with Metroid with Metroidvania aspects, where you get like uh, you'll get like the wall run or the double jump or whatever, all these different. Uh, or maybe you, um, your droid BD-1 is now capable of hacking into Imperial technology. So, or slicing as the Star Wars term is. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, you get to open these paths in, in, in this really great way and you get to unlock um, uh, the world in a natural way. Yeah, and it gives like this uh, feel of prog- progression because... Uh, you've been like in one planet and there's been like uh, areas you couldn't explore before uh, because you didn't have the ability to do so and then you go to another planet you get this ability that makes you be able to explore this planet where where you were before which makes it more like it's a gives you reasons to revisit uh, other planet like the the planets you've been in before and uh, uh, it gives like uh, 
and uh, it, yeah, so, so like I said, it gives like this progression of, oh yeah, now I got this power. Oh yeah, that, there was this uh, area in this planet where uh, I couldn't do ex this exact ability that yeah. I, I have now. So uh, it gives like this uh, backtracking. It, it gives a, a good backtrack uh, reasons. Yeah. So um, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. The enemy types in the game. Is it very samey, or is there actually a bunch of different enemies? That is actually one of the things, because uh, one of, uh, since this is a canon Star Wars game, one of the limitations that they had on, on them when they made this game is that you cannot have the same species of creatures on different planets, because these creatures are native to this planet. So, for example, a Slig from, <laughs> from Kashyyyk is not capable of being on... On Bugano, for instance, because the Slig isn't native to Bugano, so each planet needs to have its own uh, its own creatures, uh, which helps gameplay in a in a big way because you meet new creatures all the time, uh, and then they kind of go get past this a little bit as well because there's the Empire, so stormtroopers are in all of the different planets, but it it, it really spices things up because every planet is different, so every combat uh, encounter with them changes a little bit yeah it's like uh, every time i see like a new enemy i always struggle with them it's like it can be just a simple small creature i'm like die you little fuck <laughs> i'm like I, I have like like the hardest time killing it because it's so small and it's i need to go get close to it in order to kill it and i'm like oh it's so irritating but when yeah. i actually learn learn their attack patterns and i like learn like how their movement works and, and it, Bro, it gets, you just need to get good yeah exactly so 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 <laughs> It, it it makes me learn like about the combat and and learn about the enemy. It ma the game makes me learn about the enemies and about the combat too. Yeah. So I I really like the and really like the combat and one one thing that really st struck me is like I I had uh, a battle against an inquisitor. So I, I'll get into the story and stuff later. But uh, the inquisitors have. Uh, the Inquisitor's Saber, which is from Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is this design where you have like a kind of a regular lightsaber hilt, but they have this kind of circular blade that goes around it. Um, and then like they bring out one blade, it's like, and then you can expand it into a dual blade. So it goes into in both directions. And then they have this this half circle becomes a full circle and now it can rotate on its own axis and it's the most awesome thing in the world and when i had this this battle against one of the inquisitors um and like i, I was battle, i was battling her and that's in the moment when i realized like holy shit man they nailed the lightsaber duel experience yeah. like no i never thought that a lightsaber duel could feel this good, like this in uh, this um, intuitive and this like real and everything, like because it's really easy to just make a hack and slash Star Wars game when you just like use the lightsaber to slash through. Yeah, well, you just slash your enemies, but like in in for in the in Force Unleashed in in Fallen Order, it really feels like you are equally matched with another lightsaber user and you have to read it read uh its movements and everything and like i've battled multiple lightsaber users in the game 
without spoiling who they are and everything. And different people have different weaknesses. Like you have to employ a different tactic of beating like all of the different people because they've had different masters. They have different focuses through their training of becoming uh, like a Jedi or whatever they are. So it's like, it's not just like, because I beat this lightsaber user, I can now go into battle and beat this one because you have to read their movements in a different way. Uh, so the only thing I want from the lightsaber battles is, does it make me feel like I, f- I think Anakin and Obi-Wan felt when they dueled at the end of episode three? Because that's like <laughs> my, this is a lightsaber duel for me or to me. I like, got a high ground, Anakin. <laughs> well, aside from that, but when they actually did the duel part and not yeah. standing on lava. <laughs> so it doesn't go as like choreographed as as the prequels, but it's more akin to to the sequels, I would say. It feels a lot more like the battles in episode seven and eight, where they they have more intensity and in action than the the originals. But they don't go into the same like ridiculous nature and choreography of the prequels, where it feels a little it's a little something in between. So it feels a lot more like uh, like the seven and eight, where they focused a lot more on the visceral nature of the lightsaber and stuff. So I'm gonna ask a lot of questions. So I'm sorry for that, but uh, I haven't played it. <laughs> uh, so another question I have is the feedback you get from hitting someone with a lightsaber, is it just you slice through them? No, no feedback that's, the thing. that's the thing. They all have animations for blocking in different ways. So if you slice, like, it feels like one of those, like, when you're fencing, it feel, because they will always hit you in that way. You have to find a way to break their, uh, their block in order to hit them, actually. So it's not like you slice, 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 and then he slice, 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 slice on you. So it's closer to Sekiro, then. Because Sekiro has the whole thing about you don't really have any health in that game, but you have duels with every other weapon wielder, and you have to take down their guard or the stamina meter or whatever so you can open up for a, for a critical yeah, attack. Yeah, it's, it's... those are instant kills. Yeah, it, 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 it's not instant kill when you break their, their stamina, but it, I, I, would, I suppose it's more a little bit more, more like that. Yeah, it's like you can see the stamina on uh, the enemies, and you have your own stam- own stamina, so you can just so you have to like break their their you have to like um, empty their stamina in order to hurt them. Uh, there's an uh, ability in the skill tree that makes you like dodge an attack, which breaks their guard, but it it leaves like just one hit, and yeah. then they will like continue go- blocking, uh, and the like while we talking about the combat, uh, I, I I really like the flow. I heard that there's people complaining about the animations in the game, but I'm I'm uh, and w- when I did that, I w- I was trying like to look for myself. I was like I was like trying out all all kind of stuff. I was like moving the character, trying to like hit like do all the combos, and like the the the, 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 the animation flow looks really well done. Yeah, I I really don't see an issue. With I it. don't yeah. see how you don't see it, but I'm not gonna get into it because you get really hated about it. Uh, but yeah, so let's get into the story of the game. Without spoiling it, so yeah, please don't. the setup of of the story is that this takes place five years after the events of Episode Three. So, 
they really focus a lot on the uh, on the effects of Order 66. Because, um, so if you haven't seen Star Wars Episode 3, um, what bad. happens in, in that movie is that the, the Clone War breaks out in Episode 2, and then it all culminates with um, uh, Darth Sidious claiming the, the Republic as his and, be, and becoming the Empire, and then he wipes out... Uh, tries to wipe out all the Jedi using the clones that he created himself uh, in secret back in episode one uh, or back before episode two. Um, and then uh, all the clones have these chips in their heads that makes them attack all the Jedi. So a lot of the Jedi die. Uh, and it's kind of it was something I was thinking about back in like a few uh a few days ago where like in the original trilogy there are no Jedi but then George Lucas decided to have a lot of Jedi in the prequels and then he was like wait a minute how is there no Jedi in the originals and he created the most epic event of all time in order to match that so I think Order 66 is cool yeah Order 66 is one of the coolest <laughs> moments in and Star Wars I, universe. even though there's a lot of child killing in that. But it's like, a, it's a big thing and it is monumental. Yeah. When it happens, and so. what, what Fallen Order does is that it makes Order 66 a more personal event where it, you get to experience how the main character, Cal, um, how, how this huge event that changed his life affected him as a person rather than this kind of very over over overview uh way that the movies look at the look at the at the event so it, they take a lot more of a personal and intimate approach to to the event in this game which is very interesting uh and um so yeah he he survived order 66 and is now in hiding on a planet uh, named braca where um he is working as a scrapper taking part taking apart a lot of the um well the scraps from from the war from the clone war so the game starts with this with this uh, like uh big landscape view of all these uh, republic star destroyers which is a really cool view and yeah. unlike what all of the reviewers are saying they're not imperial they're not imperial star destroyers they're republic star destroyers yeah it's like i i just got stuck in the like first like in the first minutes of the game because i was like looking around the environment because it's, it's so very well made it's like like the graphics like like the environmental graphics in this game is amazing yeah there's like a lot of detail in everything I like look at the ships. I look look the interiors of ships, and it's like there's so so much details. I feel uh, it feels like how how much time did I actually have to make all of it? Yeah, so probably a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, then uh, there's an event that happens that forces him to use the force, um, and that uh, and that kind of uh, because the force. Is this power that goes through everybody and everything? Like I don't think you when, have to explain the force. Yeah, yeah. When, when the force is used, and now when since all the Jedi, like a lot of the Jedi are gone, that means when anyone uses the force, pretty much probably everybody, everyone can feel where it happened. So all the the Inquisitors, which is this uh, group of uh, Jedi killers, that the when 
after Order 66, when uh, the Emperor realized that Order 66 didn't kill all the Jedi, he started the Inquis- the, uh, the Inquisition, uh, which is a group of Jedi killers where, where they are former Jedi. Oh, oh okay, so there are four something. Yeah. yeah, they are former Jedi that... Uh, yeah, there are a lot of lore behind this. Basically, this is one of the Emperor's uh, um, con- contingency plans. If... If Anakin were to uh, fail and not go to the dark side like he had planned, this was his like secondary plan to like the Inquis- and the Inquisitors would have been Darth Vader basically. Um, so all these people were pe- were like Jedi that he thought could join the dark side. So uh, all these Inquisitors, uh, you get to see one of the Inquisitors, which is the second sister. Uh, and uh, then they figure out that you're a Jedi and you run away. So now... Oh, it's that uh, one in the older trailers. Yeah. Because I was like, before I knew about the Inquisitor, I was like, why is this random person? Who is this and why does they have, do they have a lightsaber? <laughs> yeah, so they, they introduced them in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, um, I watch that. <laughs> yeah, so that's the, that's the thing I wanted to get to regarding the story, is that... If you've only seen the movies, this game is introducing a lot of elements that you don't know shit about. <laughs> That's also fair, I suppose, yeah. because do they ever explain it in the game? They do. Uh, well, I mean, you haven't seen Clone Wars. Or yeah, Batman, I haven't. Right? So how do you feel about how they introduce the Inquisitors and like the Jedi Holocron and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I didn't think about it like a lot. I was like, oh, that's cool. There, there's like the Inquisitors that are after me. It makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Cal uses the Force. There's a, there will be consequences with him using it. Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, like after he he did it, I was like on the edge all the time. Like, he has a dream frequency, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to go there. No, yeah. I'm not going to turn around. And I turn around, and it was, like, this amazing moment. I'm not going to spoil what's happened, but yeah, it is, it like... Yeah, it's a really cool moment. I need, I'm probably going to download the game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play it, and I'm getting sick, so I, I can't play it. Um, but, yeah, so the story is really cool. The entire introduction sequence feels like it was brought out of an Uncharted game and, and someone put a, a Star Wars coding on it. Uh, but then we we leave this area in this... So you get to have this, like, kind of... Um, uh, like, the, the beginning of... Um, of What's the what's the game? The, the Castlevania game on PlayStation. Symphony of the Night. In the beginning of... Is it? No. It's Symphony of the Night, yeah. Isn't it that... Whatever. Yeah, in the beginning of that game, you have this battle with Dracula that you're supposed to lose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they basically do that same thing here with the second sister, and then you escape with in this really cool cutscene. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. But but yeah, so after this, you get kind of the, the, the rundown of, of what the entire game is about. And then you go to this the first planet, which is Mugano. And here, uh, you just kind of, you're kind of let go and go to that thing over there, and then you just figure it out yourself. Can you win the battle against the second sister there? I don't think so, because no. I... I, I uh... So it's one of those you're forced to lose. But the, the thing is, it feels winning. very natural. It feels natural, because I was fighting her, and I was like getting used to blocking and parrying and stuff. So, yeah. so at the beginning, I had some hard time, but when I actually started to learn learn her, her attacks, and I was like, yeah, now i got to beat her, then the cutscenes goes up, and I'm like, 
Man, I just that's, wanna... but for <laughs> that's me, for me it was for me. for me it was different because I was still kind of trying to grasp the how how the combat works. So for me it was like I I'm getting so overwhelmed by by her yeah. attacks. So for for me it was this very natural uh, transition into. I, that's just a personal thing, I suppose. But I yeah. I don't really like forced loss battle. But uh, what because I think they usually they, don't yeah. feel like you lose you're losing. You're like I'm winning, and then you lose. And you're like, but it, it's thank you. The way the way they do it here is that they at least don't have you, uh, like, go to the end of your health bar and then you lose. It's more like they cut off the battle before you can get there. Yeah, so like it's yeah, a little bit more. I didn't get. Though. I didn't even get her to half. Maybe not even one. Yeah, one I, thank you. Thank like, you for the challenge. <laughs> I think yeah. I got like, f- f- like a fifth through yeah. or something like that. I, I just wish one time when a game has this, that they would have. Oh, you managed to kill her. Oh, you managed to kill her, <laughs> and then they, you you get like a bonus thing because you killed a hard boss in the at the beginning of the game. Mm. For once, I want the game to do that. That would be super cool. Yeah, but it, it's the thing. Like what, after this, after this yeah. point is when they kind of drop the uncharted aspects and then just go straight into Metroid and, and Dark Souls. Yeah, uh, the, the the I haven't played uh, or I played the first uncharted. But the while we like discuss like what kind of game feel I I, I got I was thinking like there's like a it's, 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 I feel like I uh, like when I got the wall running stuff and all that kind of stuff I, I was thinking like this reminds me of a game and I was like what kind of game is it and then I remember when I played Prince of Persia and I I got like the, this feeling of uh, from that game. So I think it has like it has like some kind of common elements from that game from Prince of Perf- Persia too. I haven't yeah. played that game. So I can't <laughs> yeah, it, I know it's a puzzle, world running esque. Yeah, linear level design. <laughs> That's yeah, I what I it. really like about what they do after this point is that they just straight up let you go. That's cool. and it's really cool. I never thought a AAA game would just let me go like this. And also, another thing that I really like about it is that there is no fast travel. If you have yeah. to get back to the ship, you have to actually get back to the ship. And it's great. Because you don't only just exp- find things on the way back, but it just feels, it just makes this world feel more real. Yeah, I'm not it's, gonna it's, say anything on that. Because well, well, well it, I think the great thing about it is because. Uh, when you get to the destination in the first planet, you when you go when you go back, it's like you can take another route, and it doesn't feel like uh, oh, yeah. like you you're backtracking because, and I think that's in, on all the planets because I don't feel like I'm like trying to rush back. It's like now I got this power, I, I got this force power, and now I can explore more on this planet, and when uh, when I actually have to go back uh, to the ship. Then I am going like yeah why should I just not like I can just uh, like travel like like uh, explore all the areas that I couldn't before yeah anyway am I, am I allowed to mess with weird force powers in the game or is it like oh you get force push you get force pull <laughs> you get that that is yes that is <laughs> you, you, force you, time stop <laughs> yeah you get you have the force time stop you have the, you get the force pull and you get the force push. So, are those the only, that's the only ones that I've unlocked that I'm yeah. pretty proud of? Oh my god! 
but there's a lot of uh, like things you can interact with those force powers. So yeah. So what is really cool about it is that um, the force pull and the force push, they work like they uh, like they have a wind mechanic in the game. So when you force push something, it's like you're pushing this physical puffed of air through your hand. So it, it, it is very integrated into the systems of the game. Like there are, uh, there is um, a plan. You've been on Cepho, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in in the in the dungeon on Cepho, there are like wind puffs. Yeah. Like wind um, vents and. This is a completely physical system. So if you put something there, it's going to fly. And the force pull and the force push works the same way. It's all like <laughs> physically integrated and it's yeah. very impressive. Um, to be fair, that's just a logical, natural thing. Yeah, you can't really exactly. push something with force. You push the air. Yeah, but it, that's that's the thing. Like It has this very Breath of the Wild feel to it where you think something is going to happen and it will. It has this very logical sense yeah. to it, which games don't usually have. That's good. Yes. So, yeah, I would if you really want to dedicate a, like and get to like get into this game without uh, and like really like prepare for it, I would uh, recommend like watching the Clone Wars <laughs> and the Re- watching and Rebels. Watching an entire series just to play a game. I'm yeah. gonna play the um, game. But if you really want, if you re- were really that uh, dedicated, then you, you would do that because I, th- uh, while the game is really good at uh, at uh, explaining what everything is, there is one point in the story, and I'm not gonna spoil what it is. But there's one point in the story that would not be as cool if you haven't seen this one particular episode of the Clone Wars. Yeah, but and I, if I just if I told you guys to watch it, it would spoil the moment. So. Yeah, yeah, but um, I think that uh, even if you don't know anything about like from the from the series, uh, there is a lot of lore that you can like find and unlock by just playing the game, yeah. which makes you like maybe it's not immersive for everyone, but I thought like when I find some found something, I was like, what is this? The like uh, Cal and the, what was the robot's name? The BD1. yeah, BD one. Yeah, BD1. They're like they having like conversations about <laughs> about uh, when they uh, when they like discover something. Yeah, and that that's like amazing because uh, even if you don't want to read about it, they always like have this this have a discussion about it. And uh, when you look at the archives that you get uh, in the main main menu, you can like go back and read about it, e- even if you like, even if you just heard about it. Yeah. So one thing that that I really like about the conversations that the Cal and BD One have is that BD One talks in a very similar way to R2D Two, where you can't understand what he says. Yeah. So whenever they have a conversation, you have to kind of interpret what BD1 said from how Cal responds to it. I'm gonna interpret it so stupidly just to And it, it is always it was always so funny. Like sometimes Cal would just say like, hi, didn't expect that from you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, re- I remember one moment like Cal was like, hey BD, can you tell me a joke? And the BD says something <laughs> and he's like why? <laughs> and the BD says something and it's like, ha, huh, that's a classic. I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> 
<laughs> it, was, it was funny because I didn't understand. I didn't know what kind of joke he told me. That's my favorite thing about Star Wars is yeah. that people used to understand droids. Yeah. And they never explained the, why they used do. Yeah, and that's also the thing. They're like, there's this other character that they introduced later in, in, in the game. And like... Uh, she talks to BD1 and BD1 says something to her and she's like, I can't understand you. (laughs) 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 So yeah, uh, it is a a great game. I'm really enjoying it. And the only reason why I haven't gone into and and finished the game is because I wanted to play some uh, of uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield before I went into this podcast. You're never gonna finish Sword and Shield, are you? No, I am going to, but I want to finish. Uh, Christmas uh, well, I, right now, right now, I think I'm gonna c- keep playing Sword and Shield. Uh, but then I want to get into Fallen Order and finish that game. But it's just like this boss battle that I'm at in 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 Fallen Order right now. It is so hard. I do not see any future where I can beat this challenge. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that, that's another thing, too. Like, the great thing about Fallen Order, Order is that when you choose, like, the difficulty, they, they show, like, a scale of what's, what, uh, what's, what the difference is from yeah, every difficulty. Yeah, that, that was very interesting. That, that was really interesting. And I was like, uh, it, it's like, it gives me a more understanding of how my experience will be. Yeah. So I show, chose the, what was it? The next hardest Jedi Master. Yeah, Jedi Master. Because yeah, that's I, the one I have too. Yeah, because it was the most balanced in my opi- opinion. Yeah. And uh, it's it uh, it really has these challenging moments. Sometimes it just kinda of, like there are easy easy uh, enemies in the game. Uh, but at the same time there are like the, these enemies that you actually have to learn and understand like what they are doing. There was like in the on on the first planet there was like a like a hidden boss that I found. You found it later. Yeah, so yeah, so so <laughs> I found it. I, I, I died from it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, is that that frog thing? Yeah, it's yeah. a big frog, and it it to, it killed me by by just yes, two terrifying. hits. It, it kills me by two hits, and I'm I was like, "Holy shit!" And I, I and I, I was stubborn. I was I'm thinking I'm gonna kill that thing. And and it made me really like trying to like uh, learn it moves and dodge at the right uh, at the at the right time. Yeah. So you wanna know a fun thing about Ogdo Bogdo? What? If you when he brings his tongue out, if you force stop him, yeah, you yeah. can slice his tongue off. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Spoil this boss for me. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, but I, I was I, like, I'm gonna play it on Jedi Grandmaster difficulty. <laughs> I don't know the name. If that's the correct name, I'm just guessing. And I'm gonna give you a story on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would play Jedi Master. Don't go harder than that. It, I, 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 it's I'm it's very look, challenging I'm for me. Look I one. think. Yes, yes. But I, I have way more experience with this, like. Souls S kind of game than you though. That's yeah. why I'm. I say if you think Jedi Master difficult is the right difficulty for you, that's why I want to try Grandmaster, because just I have more experience. I'm just naturally I'm going to be better at those types of games mm-hmm. than you because you haven't played as so, much as me. But what, what's the difference between yeah, difficulties? Yeah, yeah. The, the difference is uh, the the damage that the enemies do. 
and uh, when and uh, the Peri, Peri time. Yeah, the Peri time, and then what was the third? I don't remember the third one. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe it's it, damage delivery. Yeah, I think the da the damage like. Um, yeah, you see these three meters that and. Jedi Master is the one that is completely balanced, so that's yeah. why I picked that. I'm, I'm gonna shit. I'm, I'm, use, I'm going to try Grandmaster. So, and can you change the difficulty in game? Yeah, you yeah, can change it. And I can just change it if it's actually just a stupid difficulty. Yeah. So one thing that I read about the game is that if you pick it on, I think it's, I think it's called Storybook difficulty, the oh, easiest one. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. <laughs> and I read a, a, an article that said like. You should really try this game on the easiest difficulty because it makes you feel like a killing machine. <laughs> so it's it's like, and and this one article was like talking about how if you play it on like Jedi Master or like one of the easier difficulties, this one the easier ones feel like Force Unleashed and the harder ones feel like Dark Souls. So it's like very interesting how just changing the difficulty makes the game feel like two completely different games. Unfortunately, it was all it was a power trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's and that's why that's I was talking about doing. force power because I just want to sap people. I know I'm a Jedi. Let me sap people. <laughs> Let me make my choice of being a Sith. Yeah. So. But yeah. But yeah. Let's. Uh, in conclusion. I am going to play, try play the game. game. Play this game. It's it's yeah, really it's, great. Uh, there, there are some, there are some backlashes, uh, like people complains about, like people complain about everything. Yeah, yeah they we complain talk, we about. We talk about this in Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to talk about complainers. Really. Yeah, but but, but it, it's like they they think like uh, what was it the face, uh, facial animation. Yeah, the facial animation or uh, like they think that that's bad, but. Uh, like in comparison to other games, it's not it's not that bad. It's, yeah. it's, it's I, okay. I think it, it's like it's at least in like the upper half. Yeah, it's it's acceptable. And like I told before, like the about the animations, like like I don't, I I don't complain about the animations in the game. I I think they're they're, they're good at least. So one true. one thing I do want to want to warn warn people about is that if you have a base PlayStation Four or a base Xbox One. Uh, the performance, is, like it, it, it's a pretty okay thirty FPS. Uh, it, you, like I would say, uh, like ninety, ninety five percent of the time, it's a thirty FPS. Uh, and then, if there are like ten enemies around you, it can go down. But it it, it happens very infrequently. However, the one big issue that happens uh, frequently is. Um, it's the streaming stutters. So uh, if you are about to enter a new area, the game will freeze entirely, stream all the streaming all the new data, and then let you keep playing. Yeah, so that just makes me sad. Yeah, so that that's the like the difference on like I play it play it on PC, and uh, I'm playing it in like uh, there's not a lot of. Uh, like screen options you can use, but there's a lot of graphical options you can use. And I have everything maxed out on 4K resolution with with a steady 60 frames per second all the time. Like I have no issues with it, with the game, with my That's computer. Cool. And my computer is, I got it like a GTX uh, 1070. And I download it on a, on an uh, M, M. Point to SSD card, so I got like a better loading times and better reading times on the game yeah. too. So, 
that's yeah, a lot of people into. don't have that being yeah, yeah yeah so but, so but if you if you have a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One X it doesn't have the stuttering issues yeah so I um, still don't know how, what I'm getting in that to be honest yeah uh, but um, the 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 issue the streaming issues are being patched uh, so a patch is coming for the base uh, the base system uh, as long as some optimization for the frame rate um, but yeah. If you if you have a great PC and don't mind playing on a PC, go ahead with the PC version. Yeah, like the, the only thing, the only negative thing about PC is, Origin. even yeah yeah, you, even if you buy it from Steam, you have to like connect your Origin account to your Steam account and boot it from Origin. I had I had like yesterday I had problems with my internet and I was like. Uh, so I was like, eh, yeah, I can p- still play the game. It's like it's an it's a single player game. I don't need internet. And when I s- was trying to boot it on Steam, then Origin came up and was like, oh yeah, I need to log into Origin. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot I oh, forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, so that that's like the only negative thing. It is cheaper to buy it from Steam than it is to buy from Origin. <laughs> that's weird. That's really weird. It's like uh, it's like ten bucks cheaper or something. But uh, uh, you can if you have Origin Prime. I think it's it is pre premiere. Yeah, premiere. If you have uh, Origin Premiere, you for like hundred and fifty nine, like crowns. It's like a lot cheaper if you. It's I I, pr- I, yeah. I subscribed to or to EA Access on PlayStation Four uh, because it was cheaper to subscribe to. EA access and buy it with the with the discount that you get than to just buy the game itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's dumb. So, yeah. so there, there's but like I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna discontinue that subscription because I sure don't want EA access. Yeah, so the, it's like you can you can get it from by with cheaper like in a cheaper way if you don't want to spend uh, like uh, fifty or sixty bucks for for the game. So if you have a PC that can actually run with that yeah. game so yeah in conclusion play the game it's great um, but yeah that's pretty much it for this episode um, where can people find you guys if you want to be found uh, so uh, I got a YouTube channel it's not that great uh, I <laughs> but uh, I got some got got some videos my most popular popular video is uh, a Mad Max funny mo- montage uh, it has like over two I think I'm up to 4,000 views on that video oh, it's really? kind of I, I'm kind of surprised that people still watch it wait you played the Mad Max game yeah how uh, do you not that's like one of my like low-key <laughs> favorite games <laughs> But yeah, uh, but anyway, so uh, uh, you can find me anywhere if you just search uh, Super Mixer Man because that's like my like standard username. Cool. I'm a piece of tofu. <laughs> a piece of tofu. A piece of tofu. Super I think I and a piece of tofu. Yep. Yeah. I do have a YouTube channel, but I never uploaded upload on it. I did years ago. <laughs> So if you want to watch old stupid let's play back in the, young, day. Back in the day when I played under the I'm the youngest one here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you can find me on Twitter to, just liking stuff dumb stuff now it's Pokemon memes <laughs> and sometimes fire emblem memes only sometimes okay yeah you can find me at Dennis underscore Lofkin on Twitter follow me if you want to listen about uh, you want to hear about video games 
uh, technology, Apple, and Taylor Swift. So, and Star Wars. And Star Wars. And yeah, get really upset about his Twitter handle. <laughs> you mean my Twitter bio? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Where I state what the best Star Wars movie is. <laughs> he is objectively wrong. <laughs> uh, go to my Twitter to find out. Um, but if you know and me, then follow him yeah, <laughs> please do um, but yeah we'll see you again in the next uh, episode bye